You are now listening to the Keys and Anklets podcast, your one-stop source for frank and honest information about the hot wife and cuckold lifestyle. You can find this episode on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio, or you can head to www.keysandanklets.com and subscribe right from the website. Now, let's get to the good stuff with the host who separates fact from fiction, Michael C. Hey everybody, how you doing? This is your host, Michael C., back with another episode of the Keys and Anklets podcast. Uh, Today I'm bringing you another installment of The China Shop. Uh, For those of you who don't know, The China Shop is just my own little space that I've created uh, where I invite other bulls on and we just kind of chop it up and talk about the lifestyle. So today I want to introduce, this gentleman's actually been uh, a good friend of mine for a few years. He actually, you know, I actually crossed paths with him when he was coming to my parties uh, back when I first got started, we've kept in touch, kind of been keeping an eye on each other. Uh, my man Anthony, uh, off the East Coast, why don't you say what's up to everybody? Hello, subscribers, and hello, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> so, like I said, man, me and you go back a little bit, like before all this, you know, all the podcast stuff jumped off. And one of the things that I'll say up front is one of the things that I always appreciated about you was the way that you always carried yourself. I mean, like, it, it always stood out. And I just wanted to let you know that it's it's noticeable. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can see the way different cats kind of move and maneuver, you know, within this lifestyle, who, who the different dudes are. And those are the guys that I gravitate to, you know. So that's why I always felt mad cool with you, was just because I could see that you were a cut above what one traditionally encounters in this lifestyle. Thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, I think, um, and I know that you feel this way and that's probably a bonding point is, um, you know, you as someone in the lifestyle that is in the role that we're in, there is a certain way that you have to present yourself. And ultimately, you know, in order to build a fantasy of the, the woman, the women that we're lucky enough to meet, you have to be able to present that. So, you know, I think you embody that. I try to embody that. And ultimately, you know, that's, that what's, that's what's keep this thing going, you know? Yeah, no doubt. Okay. So let's, let's kind of go back and, and, and find out where this whole journey started. First of all, if you look at my listeners, oh, how old are you? So I am early thirties. Okay. And how did this journey all begin for you? Like when did the lifestyle first kind of pop up on your radar? So ironically, it really didn't. Uh, <laughs> it was totally accident. And, you know, I've, I've met quite a few people that said their first encounter was an accident. Um, so for me, uh, I was an undergrad and just at a bar posted up. I actually think I was on a fake ID at the time <laughs> at the bar <laughs> And, uh, you know, I'd just taken this test. Um, I was a STEM major, uh, so really difficult math heavy, uh, tests that I took and totally didn't do well. I'm sitting there and just waiting for some friends to get there. I'm doing shots by myself, just like at the time, totally out of character because I really didn't drink alone. So before you know it, the room's moving around and I'm being hit on by this woman who is, you know, she didn't look that much older than me. I would say she was probably maybe like five, ten years older at the time. Mm-hmm. So we talked, and um, you know, thing one thing led to another, and you know, it's like 
you know, heavy petting and then we're kissing and all this in public, you know, the college bar, college town. Right. And, uh, I noticed a ring on her finger and, you know, it was 20, 21 year old me who was just like, you know, Oh, like, uh, it's not really something I'm looking to get involved in, you know? And she kind of gave a, a 30 explain 30 second explanation of what the lifestyle was. Mm -hmm. And I was confused because I'd never heard of anything like that before. I mean, this is, you know, mid two thousands. Right. So what she does is she takes out her phone, a flip phone, of course, mid two (laughs) thousands. And, uh, She ends up calling her husband and just hands me the phone and her husband explains it in more sober, elongated detail about what their arrangement was. And, you know, it sounded legit coming from him. And, and, you know, I hate to make it sound like I believed him, not her, but like, you can understand my well, position yeah, as yeah, someone you was, you know, yeah, younger. You saw that ring, you was kind of shook, <laughs> especially since she right. was like 21. Yeah. It's like, I don't want this dude coming here yeah, to yeah, kill yeah. me. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, the rest of the story, you know, the shorter version is basically we went home, we had fun. Um, that relationship actually was, it was pretty interesting. I had never really had anything like it since, um, I was, their situation was a little bit different than most like hot life cuckold situations where it was like, I would, I was kind of more of a boyfriend, but we also went to lifestyle parties together. So I became familiar with like the lifestyle and etiquette as of such, you know, like I would play with her alone. Sometimes I would spend the night. Um, you know, sometimes her husband will watch. I actually knew like people in their family, like I would come over, they wouldn't know like why I was there, but it was, it was a bit more, I think, intimate than what you might see typically from those relationships where it's primarily just like sexually driven. Right. And that allowed me at that time in my life to open my eyes to see what all existed in the lifestyle at a pretty young age so where i think a lot of younger guys come in immediately and maybe they have like you know the sexual prowess and the look and all that stuff maybe they don't have like the etiquette and the right mindset and i was fortunate enough to be exposed to that along with my first experience that kind of forwarded um you know really my attitude towards the whole lifestyle okay and how long were you with them before you had your next experience? Um, so it was, I mean, we had done stuff at parties, but it was primarily like, you know, we would show up as a couple or like I would go with the two of them and then we'd do something and I'd break off. So there were, I mean, a few experiences while I was with them. I would say that the next phase kind of started when I was doing stuff without them. And that really took about two years. Mm -hmm. So for me, um, you know, I was, I was nervous moving to the part of the country that I live in now about doing anything. And, um, you know, it was just like, where do I go? It's by myself. It's, you know, trying to meet all new people, you know, it's a, (laughs) It's terrifying, you know, right. for someone. I was still in my early 20s at the time. So, um, so I'll go into a little detail about it. So I was aware of the, made aware of the websites and 
um, I noticed that there were some parties that were happening in central Pennsylvania at a club that's about a half hour north of Harrisburg called TJ's. Right, right. Pretty and yeah, and I had some friends that would, well, friends that were in Pittsburgh that would occasionally go out there. So I felt empowered to take the trip um, to go out there and nothing but great experiences. And in my first couple times there, I had some good advice that was given to me from like another single guy. And it was, as long as you go and you're, you know, you expect it to be just like a normal night out, then you're going to have a good time. Um, you know, don't have any expectations of, you know, racking up whatever number or doing whatever, or even if you're planning on meeting someone there, you know, always go there with the expectation of it's just gonna it's just gonna be a fun night out. You're gonna see, you know, maybe a couple nipples or something. <laughs> but right. you know, you just you're just going to enjoy a night out and having those reduced expectations and just treating it like it was a night out kind of allowed me to take a step back and say, Okay, like this is this is fun, you know, this is something that I could become accustomed to and really that's what my next series of experiences were for a few years was going to the clubs and then doing some of the parties, some of your parties I attended as well in that, in that uh, time frame. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm glad I was able to kind of be there during your formative years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so let me ask you this, um, for those that aren't aware yet, you are a black man like myself. Yeah. So when did it first register in your mind that that basically all intents and purposes we're a fetish within this like there are people who are specifically looking for guys like us like when did you first realize that oh shit we're a thing like did you recognize that yeah. right away or did it take a few times for you to kind of see it materialize before your eyes yeah and i mean i I think the intersectionality of race and the lifestyle is like a really fascinating topic that I would love to hear a, mu a more experienced expert in it, but I guess I'm kind of an expert just because I've lived it. But um, I noticed it pretty early in the lifestyle. Um, when I was going to TJ's, some of the nights that I would go to were the interracial nights. So it would be primarily black men and uh, white couples. And it was basically the only time going to that particular establishment where I would notice any black women. So um, I noticed that there was some uh, fetishization of black men, black sexuality, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, it was interesting because I, you know, I played sports. I was in locker rooms and, you know, I did, you know, like lifestyle stuff would be like orgies with, you know, like a dozen people. Right. And it's funny because the stereotype end of things didn't really hold much value to me. You know, I, I whenever I would meet couples early, I would try to, you know, kind of say I would curtail some of those thoughts that they had specifically about that because my mindset as someone who went to school and majored in a STEM major, a lot of those stereotypes that you might have about the physical being of somebody might not necessarily correlate positively to their intelligence. Right. <laughs> and so that was, that was something that it took me a little bit to come around on. 
like to just relax and have fun and just say this is a fetishization because some people some people do take it a little too seriously you know oh, but absolutely. as long as it's in good fun <laughs> and rest- yeah 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 like i see online it's like and you know i'll participate in some of those things to a degree but at a certain point you know it's 2020 we do have to back off a little bit and be careful about you know how we phrase certain things but again as long as it's in good fun and, you know, everybody's being respectful and having a good time. I think it's okay. But, yeah, it was pretty early. I was surprised. I mean, like I said, it's it's um, definitely something that, that you've experienced as well. Right. And, and I know that some of your parties were themed that way. So it's it's certainly something that's that's out there. And it's it's uh, it adds to the whole dynamic a little bit, I would say. Yeah, I mean, for, you know, I've you know, obviously went through the same thing and, you know, you, you I guess you kind of have that momentary period where it's like, wait a minute, I'm more than that. But then you kind of, I guess for me, kind of came to the realization of, okay, well, you know what? The reality is I kind of fetishize them too. You know what I'm saying? Right. So yeah, it's not, it, it it's kind of hypocritical yeah. of me to, to be okay with me fetishizing them, but then have a problem mm-hmm. when it's projected back onto me. You know, and I guess I started paying more attention to, well, how do they treat me outside of the bedroom? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and that's where I put my emphasis, meaning it's fine if you want to, you know, I've got no problem with the term bull. I embrace it. You know, I feel like it's the Mm -hmm. lifestyle. Everybody's got a term, top, bottom, Mm -hmm. dom, switch, you know, whatever. Bull is just another term given in the lifestyle. It It doesn't bother me. But. Yeah. Do you treat me like that if we're like out to dinner or if we're on the phone or if we're just exchanging an email or a text message? Like, mm-hmm. am I getting treated like a, an equal human being? And 99.9% right. of the time I can say yes. You know what I'm saying? So I've never had an issue with it. But like you pointed out, especially being on the, on the online uh, side of it, the virtual side of it, you see people that kind of take it to that nth degree (laughs) you know they kind of run with it um and then you see on the opposite end you know people who get offended by it and you know my thing to the people that i see getting offended by it especially like you know other black guys is you don't have to be in this lifestyle you know what i'm saying like like you can take vanilla you know like but understand that it it, it's part of the sandbox you know like you can't expect to have these women kind of pursuing you and chasing after you and pursuing that fantasy, but yet you have a problem with the fantasy, you know, like there are yeah. other ways to play with white women. Like you don't need to play with married women to be involved in this. You could, you know, mm-hmm. go to a club or a bar or anywhere, a game, a Starbucks, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. And I think that there is, some room for i mean <laughs> this is so funny <laughs> it's going a whole different direction i didn't expect it to but it's february it's black history month hey, man, um, i told you i don't, you know, I don't, I don't a, have hey, a script man i just talk hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> so i mean there's also room in the lifestyle for the diaspora so i don't think that like i you know i'm I'm a guy that played, you know, some, uh, you know, I just, I played basketball, but I also hung out with other crowds too. And like I mentioned, like I'm in STEM majors, that's not really a popular major and profession for the black men. So like for me, 
I think that I'm probably a little bit different than some of the guys that are in the lifestyle just because of who I am. And that appeals to a certain group, a subsect inside of the lifestyle that, you know, some of them may be more into the guys who have like heavier builds or like tattoos or, you know, rougher kind of demeanors and backgrounds. So I would say even inside of what's going on in the lifestyle, it's not a one size fit all, even with black men. Mm -hmm. And like, I think one of the things that I try to tell some of the couples, particularly the younger ones that I end up meeting is, you know, we're, I think there are enough differences between us that are, noticeable and you know you got to be a little bit more specific when you're picking things out in the lifestyle just because they're you know it's not a one size fit all even with us being black men oh absolutely absolutely so let me ask you this how has the lifestyle because you said you're you're in your early 30s and you've been kind of going at this for you know guessing somewhere 10 12 years or so um how has this affected your like your vanilla dating like, have you have you had any breaks? Have you, you know, because oftentimes what happens with me, I mean, you know how I, I do at my parties. I, I send out a text, hey, guys, I'm having something, whatever, whatever. And every so often I'll get a text back from a guy. Hey, man, can you kind of take my name off the list? And I, I know what that means. You know what I'm saying? He's, he's, he's going the vanilla route. And what I'll do is I won't erase him from my phone. Like, I've learned that. I don't erase him from my phone. I just remove him from that group. Because... Eight times out of ten, a few months later, I get a call back. Hey, man, you still doing parties? You know, so my question Mm -hmm. to you is, have you had any periods where you tried to go the vanilla route? Or have you reached a point in your life where you said, okay, yes, I want a relationship, but the lifestyle is going to be involved with it? Or do you try to just keep those on separate tracks? Like, how? what is your thought process as far as having a real relationship goes? Yeah, I mean, I think keeping them on separate tracks is pretty much what I've done. And I've gone months without being in and involved. Um, Because ultimately, the way that I've always approached this is it's fun. You know, it's something that's fun. Um, You meet interesting people. You know, you go to interesting places if you're fortunate enough to have, you know, that money available to do so. Because some of the parties and events will allow you to travel uh, some pretty nice places. one of my first lifestyle experiences was um, I actually met the woman, uh, the couple off Craigslist. And <laughs> so they were about maybe three miles away from my house at the time, which mm-hmm. was just crazy because I lived in uh, in a suburban area, like not a whole lot around there, not too far from a major city, but, right. you know, it was far enough. And, uh, yeah, so I go over and – you know, not a whole lot of question asking. We like met up for a coffee and then went and had our fun. And then that became a semi-regular thing. Um, so come to find out that the woman um, was split and she was estranged from her husband. And the big reason why was she wanted to continue being in the lifestyle at the capacity they were in. And he was out. So, I mean, this couple had been together like 20 plus years. They had three beautiful daughters together and you know I had this nice house nice suburban townhouse and their deal was listen like you know she was having a blast I think she was approaching her her prime she was in her early mid 40s and he was 
little bit older, not not significantly older, but um, he said he didn't want to do it anymore. And that coupled with a, a few other things was the reason why. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was really fascinating because, you know, they had this family, they had this, both had great jobs. They both um, were well-educated. They both, you know, had so much going for them and they seemed happy as a couple, but ultimately the draw of the lifestyle was too much for her to even consider again, along with some other minor, small things to stay in the lifestyle. And I always said to myself, if I met that partner, um, if I met that life companion, that wasn't necessarily something that was going to be a deal breaker for me. Right. You know, if, if she wanted to be in it, great. If she didn't want to be in it, I could leave drop of the hat. Because I've always approached it as something fun, something as an activity, and it's something that I think would be possible for me to walk away from, you know, if if that moment ever came. Now, when you do meet women in a vanilla fashion, you know, out at a restaurant, a bar with friends, what have you, at the gym, what have you, how forthcoming are you? Because I mean, you know, and we'll 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 get to this um, in in a little bit, but you do have an online presence. You know what I'm saying? Like, so how forthcoming are you about how you get down? Um, honestly, not at all. Um, you know, I don't talk about it at all. And it's, I think it's difficult to some aspects have those conversations around it because I think the normal person and I did mention, you know, that I'm in my early thirties, even when talking to women who will be in like their mid twenties, it's not necessarily something that's out and open Mm -hmm. um, and easy to have discussions around. So um, will I be forthright and open about it? No, but what usually happens during the course of a dating relationship is like, you know, there'll be conversation around, um, you know, have you ever, what's the most adventurous that you've been, you know, what, what have you done? Have you ever had like a threesome and oh, and, you know, you get those <laughs> questions and like, you know, yeah, then it comes up and then you can have more frank discussions about, you know, what, um, what experiences I've had in the lifestyle. And then as I feel that level of communication opening up where it's not so outrageous to have done that, then start talking about other things. Mm -hmm. But usually just like off the bat, it's, it's a weird thing to talk about pretty immediately, you know, like you just don't know how it's going to be handled. And like I said, because my situation is if I, you know, if push came to shove and things happened and I would be able to walk away, it's not necessarily something that I feel like I would, have to bring up um or talk about just because it's something that i enjoy but it's not like a huge part of my life but you know if the and it has happened where the conversation comes up sure there's a certain openness about it once i feel like um that party that that vanilla woman would not be so objectionable to you know some of the things i've done in the past okay so what would you say your ideal situation would be like would you with all things being equal, would you like to have a significant partner in your life who is open to the lifestyle so that y'all could kind of enjoy it together? Because one of the, one of the things as bulls is we play with these couples, right? And we, you know, we have, we have our time with them. 
and then we leave. And then when we leave, something goes on that we very rarely get to see, which is them reconnecting. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's part of this that we're very rarely given access to. Um, And, you know, I I had done um, an episode about this, and I'd be curious to kind of get your take on it. Again, it wasn't a whiny kind of thing. It was just kind of stating the, the fact that a lot of people don't really look at it this way. But when you're a bull in this lifestyle, especially if you're a proficient bull, it can be kind of a lonely existence. And what I mean by that is, yeah, you may have all of these different women that you play with, but during those certain times, you know, the Christmas Eve, Valentine's Day, you know, maybe New Year's Eve, you know, those days when, you know, you wake up and you're sick, you know, there was times where if you were involved with somebody, you would be spending those times with that person or you would have that person looking out for, you know, making you soup, getting your favorite blanket, you know, that whole kind of thing. But as a bull, we don't really get that. And so when we're with these couples and we leave, they're sharing something very special. So I'm just wondering if you could kind of pick your ideal situation, would you, would you like to have somebody who you share that bond with, but you also are able to enjoy the lifestyle together? Like, is that something that you would want? I mean, I think so, but that's a difficult question to answer because it would depend on the person I was with. I mean, it would ultimately depend on what fit for us. So like I've been in situations where, you know, we tried that type of thing, like a, like an open relationship type deal where, yeah, it didn't quite work out. And it was either like on her end, because like you mentioned, you know, there's a lot of attention that comes our way and, you know, there's a lot of opportunity or from like my end, you know, I had someone that was, pretty involved with their career. So it became difficult and ultimately untenable to keep that relationship. But, um, so it would really depend on the woman. It's a di- I mean, it's kind of a cop out answer, but ultimately <laughs> like I, I couldn't I'm, answer. I'm glad you I couldn't answer that. that unless. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a difficult question to answer without imagining the person that I'd be paired with. I mean, ultimately, yeah, it's fun. And I would love to have, you know, that partner ultimately that was, really into this to do that with and you know that type of thing but i think i expressed this because i think you mentioned the similar point online maybe like three or four months ago and i commented on it um like as someone who's been a single guy in the lifestyle i think i think one of the biggest things that you've got to keep in mind is ultimately um your presence is it's a bit transactional you know you're there you fit certain physical attributes you, you know, you did whatever in advance in order to get to the point where you're actually being able to be intimate and then, you know, you do it and then more often than not, you leave. Mm -hmm. And if the level of non-physical intimacy is something that um, you're seeking out of, you know, your relationships, then I think that's probably something to consider. But for me personally, that's never really been the case because I've always leaned more heavily on like my family to give me that. Like I'm lucky enough to be within driving distance of 
some family members so I can go see them. I've still got, you know, relatives and stuff like that. And obviously that's not the same level of intimacy, but like, you know, I've got friends that I lean on, you know? So like, I think kind of that yin and yang of your life, you know, being bull, because you can't, you're obviously not going to be on like all the time and like this, you know, masculine powerhouse or whatever, but like those items, I don't, yeah. Like, I think it's going to be difficult to match and try to figure out how to find those out of like lifestyle situations. And I've had situations, like I mentioned the first, um, the first relationship that I had, that was, it was probably closer to like a dating relationship than it was a lifestyle relationship, even though there were obvious elements of it going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I guess I've never felt that way because for me, it's always been separating the physical component that we bring to the lifestyle from any kind of emotional entanglement. And it's been interesting to hear some of the stories from some of the couples that I've met that actually have broken up because in part of that type of thing. And it it just always struck me as weird. And like one of the things, and I'm going on a little bit of a tangent here, but one of the things that I've always admired about some of the couples that are more committed to doing this is that they um, have to have a really strong bond because there has to be an ultimate amount of trust because sometimes it is easy to complete the physical with the emotional. And I think you as a bull are your best self when you're able to separate those two and to satisfy that emotional connectivity kind of need from the lifestyle and get that in other avenues, if that makes any sense. Right. Okay, so let me kind of come at this from a different street. Do you think you have the the mindset that would allow you to share the woman that you love with other men? Like, are you wired that way? Because one of the things that I noticed when I first started doing parties, and it became very evident to me, uh, was... I realized that the majority of the guys that come to my parties, the majority of the guys that you see at these functions, if they had a woman in their life that they really, really cared about, they wouldn't bring her to those types of parties. You know, like that's different from swinging with another couple. Like that's more kind of like on level ground, kind of equal footing, so to speak. But not every Mm -hmm. guy is wired to be able to enjoy seeing his girl getting pleasured by another man while he's not enjoying another woman. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just wondering, do you think you're wired that way? Like, could you exist in this lifestyle with a partner? So, I mean, I'll give you my answer right now because I bounce back and forth on this a lot. Uh And it's an honest I don't know, but it's it's an I'm leaning towards yes kind of thing. And... Again, it depends on the woman. So I can be very specific about this particular conversation. It, it was, I was in a relationship for about a year and a half and I was dating this woman and just randomly hanging out Saturday, summer afternoon, just got finished, you know, just got finished fucking. And, uh, <laughs> and we're laying there and she would, she asked me, um, you know, would I ever share her with another guy? Like, not in the context of lifestyle, just like the threesome. Right. I was like, yeah, I don't know, maybe, you know, if that was something that you were interested in and we found the right guy who was, 
nice, respectful, you know, not emotionally invested, that type of thing. I think it would be fine. She was like, okay. And then I sat there for a little bit and then I asked her the same question, flip mode. I was like, you know, what about another woman? And she goes, absolutely not. Yeah. And, and I just sat up and I was just like, what? Like, why? Why, why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you offer me the same kind of experience? And she mentioned all of the things that I'm sure the guys who are bulls probably have some measure about. It's like inherently it's jealousy. And it's like, you know, ultimately that's the one thing that I think in this lifestyle you got to try to avoid as much as possible. And that aspect that, uh, you know, that exists there um, with her would you know, obviously we wouldn't do it because if it's so one-sided that like she couldn't see the mutual um, benefit of giving me an experience that I would want as opposed to giving her one, that's something that I wouldn't be able to agree with. But in the shared experiences of, you know, someone that I cared about that wants to have an experience and do something while also allowing me to do the same, I could not see what's wrong with that. So ultimately for me, I wouldn't necessarily feel like um, if I were in that scenario, I would prohibit it or be against it. But I think there would have to be some openness to what things that I could do. And from what I've seen and from some of the conversations that I've heard, there's a lot more on the other side where it's, oh, well, you know, I don't want you doing this. I don't want you doing that. And it's really interesting. Um, I was talking to one of my friends who's in the lifestyle. And he's he's a bull. And he was married for, I want to say it was like maybe a decade or so. A um, little bit older guy. But he's still going at it, going to like splash mocha and events like that and stuff. And he's telling me about how um, him and his wife would primarily see couples and occasionally they'd find a single guy because he was fine with that. But <laughs> he would be, he would have a lot of success with like the women because he, you know, was a professional and then also did personal training. So he was really fit and she was really attractive. So they do well with couples. Right. But the one rule that they had was she, they couldn't find any single women. And I found that really interesting too because it was like, you know, that aspect of jealousy is there. So I think going in, um, it would have to be some eradication of that. Cause for me, it's ultimately like, you know, in thinking about how this would work in some hypothetical situation where I'm in a relationship and can decide to continue being in the lifestyle is, you know, I think a lot of couples in the lifestyle are very good about managing that jealousy. And that's something that's pervasive, um, I think for anyone really in the lifestyle. So as long as there's no real element of that, ultimately all you're doing is just sharing experiences. And again, it's having fun. So if you're on the same playing field with your partner about having fun, I just don't see why um, I would hold back, why she would hold me back in that, in that hypothetical scenario, you know? One of the things that I find really interesting, and I'm, I'm curious if, if you've kind of observed it too, is obviously when you deal with swinging couples, like couples that play with other couples, pretty much in all of those scenarios, the husband plays with other women. 
you know, hence they play they play with other couples. So the husband plays with other women. But one of the things that you like, I I see it enough where I can say it's routinely in this lifestyle. What I refer to as wife sharing, whether it's hot wifing, aka stag vixen, or cuckolding, I just look at them both as wife sharing. I kind of put them under the same umbrella mm-hmm. in that tent. Is yeah. it's very common for me to see couples where the husband does not play, and mm-hmm. part of the reason why is. When a lot of these husbands initially present this lifestyle to their wife, you know, hey, I mm-hmm. want to see you with another man. A lot of the wives are guarded. Like, wait a minute. Are you setting me up? Meaning, is this your yeah, yeah, yeah. backdoor way to get to play with other women? Because they mm-hmm. know immediately, like, okay, like how I asked you the question earlier about is your mind wired to be able to enjoy that? These women mm. know their mind is not wired that way. Like they know they get, right. they do not like the idea of their husband playing with another woman. Not only does it not turn them on, it infuriates them. Like they they will they will readily admit that no, I am too jealous. But what happens mm. is, you know, they express that concern to their husband. You know, is this a way for you to play with no, with other women? Oh no no no, it's not. Mm. I just want to see this. So immediately. That clause is now etched in stone. Right. Like, they they can never come back and revisit that clause, you know. Right. So it's it's funny because, you know, I'll be at parties or I'll be out with somebody or somebody will ask me to set up something for their wife. And, you know, and I'm sure you've seen it. She'll run through a room full of guys. Mm-hmm. But he better not even look at another <laughs> woman, you know. Yeah. And, and it's it's and. Yeah, and that's interesting because that's the whole like dom sub dynamic that um that has to exist in them, you know. And <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's, it's, it's interesting. That's to definitely see. an interesting element. And I yeah. and I've had that conversation with husbands, like you know, because some husbands legitimately don't have the desire. Like I've met plenty of husbands mm-hmm. who they genuinely like nothing does it for them like watching their wife with another guy. Like that's that's yeah, the their pinnacle. wife is their their porn star, right? But I have had conversations with husbands where, you know, it's like, yeah, it, it'd be nice if it went both ways. You know, they, they they see other women. They go to these parties. They see these other wives. It's like, man, it would. But they know because of the, the because basically because of the contract that they signed in the very beginning, that's never mm-hmm. going to happen. You know, and so it's 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 a very interesting dynamic to see because the one thing that I would that I would give women the credit for is they don't sugarcoat it. Like they will, they will say mm. upfront, no, I'm not wired that way. I can't handle that. Right. You know, like that is completely mm. out of my comfort zone, you know? So because of that, I don't really have any sympathy for husbands that are in that situation because it's like, you knew what you were signing up for. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. like if your goal was to ultimately be able to play with other women, then maybe you should have been honest. But you weren't, so this is now your lot in life. This is this is what you got to deal with. So I don't really have sympathy for them because it, it's it's it, they created a situation themselves. But right. but it is interesting to to watch. Now, one other thing that you mentioned that I kind of want to touch on is you've mentioned friends a few times. Do you have friends in your life who know that you're in the lifestyle? 
Um, it's to the same dynamic that uh, I mentioned the dating relationship. So, you know, it'll come up during some like goofy ass card game, you know, never have I ever, something like that, you know. But um, no, not, no, I think, um, again, it's just like reiterating before, it's difficult to um, expect normal people who haven't read or experienced anything with the lifestyle to explain to them exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I think (laughs) just the logistics of the elevator speech of the lifestyle is very difficult. Right. Trying to explain, oh, well, you know, um, so what are you going down to Florida for this weekend? Oh, well, you know, I know this, I know this couple and the woman is a little bit older than me, but she's beautiful. She's still in shape and she likes to fuck me as her husband watches in the corner. Like, it's not really something that, yeah, it can be a difficult subject to, to, to broach. Now, have you, yeah, have yeah. you, have you crossed paths with any friends in the lifestyle where you didn't know they were in the lifestyle? I'll give you an example. I was at a party once, and it was a hotel uh, takeover kind of party where the guests have to register. And I'm standing in line, and the guy in front of me turns around and looks at me, and it's a guy I went to school with. Like He graduated mm-hmm. like two years before me. Yeah. Never knew. Never knew. He yeah. never knew about me. I never knew about him. And it was kind of in that moment. Like, you right. had that brief, that brief hesitation of, oh, shit. And then it's like, well, wait a minute. Yeah. We're at the same party, so fuck it. You know, but yeah. Yeah, that's an example. Like, have you yeah. ever crossed paths with a friend that you didn't know was in a lifestyle? Um, not quite a friend, but I think my story is pretty interesting. So um, I worked for this company, and one of our uh recruiters was involved in um one of our recruiters was he'd like come to the office here and there so i knew him we took the same uh regional trail to regional train to get into the city um for work so we had a few conversations and uh yeah so one night i thought i thought i was going to have some plans with some vanilla friends and they ended up breaking them off and i decided to go to a club about an hour um away from my house go there take a six pack i knew a couple people that were going to be there and uh upon walking in i see this guy and he's sitting down he like knows the company ceo you know, knows probably like two dozen people at my company. And like I said, we've had a bunch of conversations. Like he's a big basketball fan and, and uh, so am I. So we, we had a bunch of vanilla conversations. And I was just like, oh my God, like, you know, I know this guy from a personal and professional capacity. It's really awkward. <laughs> so, so as I'm putting my beers down, I'm like, man, I'm, I'm a tall dude. I'm like, how am I going to make myself as invisible as possible tonight? And I was like, all right. He's sitting on the couches in front of the room. He's a bit older guy. Maybe he doesn't move around a lot. Should be pretty easy for me to avoid him. So kind of took a couple of deep breaths, got my first beer open, and calmed down. So proceeded to go through the night. You know, my friends, uh, some of the people I know in the lifestyle were there, talked to them, you know, talked to some random people at the bar, you know, had my fun in the back rooms a couple of times. <clears throat> and I come back, get my last beer, another deep sigh, because I'm like, Made it through the night. This is great. Feel his right hand on my shoulder. And my heart sinks. Gulp. <laughs> Turn around. It's the guy. 
And um, he turns around and he's like, oh, you know, wouldn't figure you through this crowd and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, yeah, you know, you know, just figured I'd come through. And he's like, hey, you know, he gave me some pretty good advice. He's like, hey, you know, I won't tell if you won't tell. And that, yeah, because it was like, you know, we know each other in a professional capacity. And like, if he says for some reason, if he were to say, oh, I saw him at this place, that would be giving up the game that he was also there. So exactly. Ultimately, you know, like we're just out to have fun. It was, you know, a little bit terrifying for me because I wasn't expecting that. But yeah, it ended up being all right. <laughs> all right. So let me um onto the subject of other guys since we kind of started mm-hmm. going down that path. You're you obviously have a a pretty substantial online presence. Um we both belong to some of the same sites and you know, you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're a pretty active guy. You post pictures, you post videos, you, you know, you, you go to, you know, you go to events. I know you've been to splash. Um, I was hoping that you was going to go to the one in Atlanta so we could have connected. Cause that was my first time going to one, but I know that you're going in to Florida, right? Yeah. Well, I, I'm planning on it. Um, I've got to make sure that I can still attend, but um, that's, that's in the hopes. I went to the one in 2018 okay. and it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, it's a great times. I highly recommend it. So my point being, I know what kind of messages I get from guys as far mm-hmm. as, Hey, you know, can you, I mean, it ranges anywhere from the really well thought out messages of the guy who you can tell genuinely wants to learn and wants to kind of go about this the right way all the way down right. to the, you know, hey man, you know you, you gotta teach me that game. I want to get them hoes like you got. Blah, blah, and those are the yeah. ones you just immediately click the trash button. Like I'm not, mm-hmm. uh, you know, kind of thing. Do you get those kind of messages yourself? So I do. Um, what? Uh, so the well thought out ones, um, obviously much appreciated because it's cool to see you know people interested, and it's cool that the internet is a place where people can see what they might be interested in. I ask them to do is pretty much just follow in my footsteps, go out to parties, go out to clubs and really just look around, like be a voyeur, watch people sip your drink in the back and kind of understand what's going on. And from that, you'll see a lot of the interpersonal dynamics, what works, what doesn't work, you know, what you could see yourself doing. And I think that that visualization of seeing yourself in the moment really helps some people. I mean, not just in the lifestyle. I think it's really everything, honestly. Right. But um, particularly with this, I think being around people who are involved is probably the biggest step that I would take because a lot of guys, you mentioned the not well thought out messages. They think that they can just come in and jump in and and do this. And from someone who tried that, <laughs> like... Pretty soon after my first experience, I had some pretty awful first one-on-one experiences <laughs> in my early twenties. Like there was one, there was one, and I'll I'll tell this briefly. Um, I was invited over to play with a couple, and I was early twenties. It was probably like I think it was maybe two years after my first experience, where I took a little break and then ended up coming back to it. And it was like, the woman just wants you to come over and, you know, you'll, you'll get naked and you'll go right at it. So, you know, one of the things that I now understand is like, 
you know, what the average woman kind of understands and wants out of this. And then obviously there's some deviations that they'll be specific about like details and all that. But like, it's definitely not coming in 30 seconds. And that's exactly what I did. I was there. I was way too excited. I fired off immediately. She was pissed. You know, the husband wasn't happy about it. And I was obviously very, very disappointed in myself. And it was because, you know, for me, I overthought the situation and I wasn't like mentally prepared. Mm-hmm. And I think that that out of younger or newer guys, that mental preparation might be lacking too, where I'm sure there are some guys that can come in and just be superstars right away. But I don't think you're going to have the etiquette down or maybe you've seen enough of the etiquette, but the physical part might be lacking. So maybe you got to kind of wedge yourself slowly into that thing. So that you get used to it. I think there's for newer guys, there's something to learn on both ends. And what I would recommend is really just patience and kind of, you know, I mean, it's, I'm not going to, I was about to say this is a sport and that is not true. (laughs) This is a hobby. But like for those who are looking to improve at a hobby, you know, you got to put in the work to get better at it. So ultimately, you know, you got to, you know, start slow, see what you're into. You may not know, you know, the things that you like. And I've heard some very interesting stories of some things that some guys have come across that they end up liking out of this lifestyle that they, you know, prefer see what you don't like. I mean, there's some red flags that you might have that maybe you decide that you're not cool about. Like, to immerse yourself immediately, you know, it's a bad idea for couples because it might be an undesirable and unsafe situation. But I think for guys, like, ultimately, I think that, you know, the guys and the future bulls and even the current bulls probably don't pay enough attention to you know, what do I like? What am I into? What does it for me? What's my ideal situation? And once you start kind of identifying some of those things about it, you're going to enjoy the lifestyle a lot more. Okay. So have you ever personally, like, like a, I'm trying to back it up a little bit. I'm always ready to admit that I was very fortunate when I first started getting into this lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, the internet yeah. was still kind of, kind of taking shape. Um, but I came across an older uh, black gentleman who basically took me under his wing, you know, and kind of, right. you know, schooled me, pointed things out to me, made things a lot easier for me than if I was just kind of fumbling around in the dark. I remember, you know, he would call me nephew and we would get together and we would talk, you know, if, if I met a new couple, we'd get together and I'd share it with him and you know, he shared some of his with right, me right, right. and, you know, he was the one that introduced me to gentleman jack daniels you know and everything like that like he was just a a real cool older dude you know what i'm saying so whenever the opportunity presents itself if i feel like somebody is sincere i don't mind paying it forward you know if i feel like the person is sincere and Mm -hmm. so i wonder have you ever even if just even if it was just one time have you ever kind of like given another bull kind of like that personal attention like like listen man this is what you want to do like i can't make you listen to me but if you want to kind of eliminate some of the mistakes that i made you should try this or you should think about doing that you know um like one of the valuable lessons that i learned from him was you know in my early years in this lifestyle I, you know I, I i come from a single parent background you know the school that i went mm-hmm. to you basically had to be from a single parent home to even go there. So all of my friends were, we were all 
we were all from single parent homes. So basically, I had women like up on this pedestal. Like women were everything to me. I had a little sister, mom, aunts, and everything like that. So when I got into this lifestyle and I realized that, you know, that I would be turned on by calling women sluts and, you know, doing these nasty things to them. Like, I felt bad. Like, oh, shit, does this mean I'm a misogynist? Does this mean I'm going to turn out like all these deadbeat right. dudes? Like, am I going to be that kind of guy? Yeah. And I was worried yeah. about that in the beginning. And he kind of mm-hmm. broke it down and kind of explained to me that as long as everything is consensual, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you can call that woman a slut as long as she enjoys being called a slut. In other words, you're not just going to walk right. up to the random woman on the street or in the bar or in the club right. and call Can't her call name. Her like, like as long right. and, and that was big for me because I really did worry about that. Like, I really mm-hmm. did worry about, oh, shit, is this how a woman beater starts? Is this how... A misogynist yeah, starts. Yeah. Is this how a man begins who has no respect for women? Like, am I am I trending in that direction? And I don't know how long it would have taken me to kind of connect those dots if I didn't have that older dude in my corner who kind of broke it down for me and explained it to me. So I'm just kind of curious if you've ever taken time to kind of drop some jewels on somebody who was still trying to find their way. Sure. There have been a couple guys who um, I've met along the way, um, more particularly when I've gotten a little bit separated from the party scene. Um, but ultimately, you touched on it um, in you know your encounters with some of the women, and it's ultimately respect. So, you know, are you going to be the guy who you know, honestly hit or miss because some women do like it rough and like it to be, you know, like a certain way. But um, are you going to be the one who's going to be respectful enough to understand what your role is in that situation and then ultimately execute what's being asked of you for, you know, for the most part? It's, that's what's paramount to me, not just of single guys, but of anyone in the lifestyle. But I think with, someone who um, exhibits that as a priority um, that's the old, that's the biggest thing that I've that I've offered to, to single guys so what does that mean for a single guy respect it means you know you're given like a window of time to show up you show up when you're expected to you know you show up you look presentable you know whatever that situation dictates you know if if it's basically you know you show up and you know you're to get naked right away you don't got to be you know fancy and dressed up but you know i've had situations where you know maybe there's dinner and drinks beforehand and you want to treat it like like it's a date like it's you know something that you'd want to be seen some you'd want to be seen in public with so that presentation is a form of respect um you know, like during the actual act, you know, some of the stuff that she wants you to do and not do, that's respect. So I think kind of understanding that and having that as a priority, that's the most adva- that's the most valuable advice I've given to the couple of guys who kind of come along and ask me, you know, how to carry themselves. And, you know, while I think it applies to everyone in the lifestyle, I think with single guys, it's it's paramount. And ultimately, you know, the, the second piece of advice I've gotten is that if if you if you've enjoyed it, did you do enough so that you're gonna get a call back and you're gonna get to do it again? And you know, that that should be your goal if uh of course if if you enjoyed it. I mean, hopefully you did, but you know, that's that's what you should be gearing towards and 
and I think that's really the most important advice that I pass along is just that that uh, reminder of respect. Okay, so let me let me ask you this because I, I, I want people to know that even successful bulls deal with this. How do you handle like how do you personally handle rejection in this lifestyle? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's just like anything. Like, I mean, on social media, that type of thing. Like, you know, I feel like for the most part, a lot of my, a lot of my encounters have been um, really geared around, um, you know, just like, hey, how you doing? And if I feel like there's rejection on social media, what I do, and it's going to sound crash, is I just block them. Like, I block them because it's like you know if you're not if you're not interested if you're not interested in getting together then there's no point in like maintaining any type of like contact and like for you know like my twitter account or anything like that there's no reason for you to see any of this stuff or like any of the swing sites any for you to see any of the videos or anything that i post like you know it's fine like everyone has their preferences and that's fine but there's no reason for us to like maintain any like contact at all it's fine like but you should probably not be you shouldn't have the privilege i would think to watch any of the stuff that i post online if you're not even interested in potentially getting together or talking about getting together so you know it's just probably sounds crass but it prevents me from like talking to them or doing anything out of line it just nips it in the bud right away um in person you know, like I mentioned before, everybody has their preferences. And ultimately, like, I was given some great advice from an uncle um, who's still with me and he still provides like a lot of advice. And it was it was about women. And it was as long as you remain consistent, you're going to do fine. You know what I mean? There's someone for everyone. Yeah, so absolutely. If, if there's some online woman who is messing with guys and they look like you and you think that you could be them and you know or you know you're at some party and she's talking to guys you think you're better than or whatever and you talk to her and she's not into you i mean ultimately what you got to do is take the l take a deep breath walk away you know get yourself another drink and move on because as long as you remain consistent and i think keeping with the, the the name of the lifestyle respectful and understanding um, that more often than not, it's about her experience. Um, you'll still do fine, but yeah, I mean, everyone gets rejected. I mean, that's, that's a part of the lifestyle. That's a part of dating. It's part of life. And I think your ability to kind of suck it up and bounce back is, is a big part of this. I'll share an example of uh, something that happened to me a couple of years ago. Um, I was set to drive about an hour to meet up with this couple and they wanted a specific experience and they brought four guys in. So I get there and, um, you know, we're, we're having a drink or whatever. And this woman just starts asking all these weird questions, you know, like what, what's your favorite Biggie song? And, you know, why are you wearing those socks with those shoes? Turns out, didn't find out, didn't find this out until later, but she was on the spectrum. Um, so, okay, a little strange, but, you know, I thought maybe that would be something to talk about in advance, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> so she goes through and she, she says that two of us could come and two of us couldn't. And it was just 
just summarily dismissed us just like that's it like i'm not interested in you guys and i was just like taken aback i was like what are you talking about like i drove an hour to get here right and you know i stood up paid my tab walked out the husband like chased me down you know and um chased me down i was just like you know walking out to my car because i was trying to figure out what else i could do that evening because i was only an hour away and it was pretty early and i still had vanilla friends out i was like listen don't talk to me ever again. You know, like there was all kinds of thoughts that were raging in my head. Like, do I post this woman's number somewhere? Do I do this? And like, I'm glad that I didn't do any of those things because, you know, like sometimes things happen and things change. Like I think of the times where, um, you know, I've gone back and said, you know, like I'm not interested and things like that. But I think those probably had a little bit more to do with, couples like a change in physical appearance versus pictures they posted or something right. like that but like i think for the most part rejection is just a part of it and you know not everybody is for everybody and sometimes you got to take the l and keep moving no absolutely absolutely well look i know that we're kind of getting close to the um uh, like i said i like to keep these episodes a certain time frame and i know that your time is limited as well um, but I definitely wanted to to to, to bring this up. Um, I've noticed recently that uh, you've kind of ventured into the the OnlyFans world. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just kind of curious. Uh, what made you take that step? Like, what made you say, you know what? Not only can I do this, but there's a market for what I can bring to the table. So, what what made you decide? You know what? I'm going to start selling my own videos of some of my encounters. Yeah. So honestly, it was that like I was, you know, couples like to have a memento. I like to have it too because it's fun, you know, picture, video, maybe video, the whole thing, whatever. And for me, it was, you know, just doing what I do and just videos taken. And I noticed that some of my stuff was being posted on like X Hamster and, you know, X videos right. and, you know, tube sites and stuff like that. I'm like, what the hell? I was like, if anybody is making any money off of my likeness, it should be me. And that was really it. It was really just like, if I didn't know, um, you know, what was going, you know, if there was no market for it, I wouldn't have done it. And I wouldn't have assumed that there was a market for it because, you know, I'm just like, just like you, I'm just out here doing it and having fun. But once, once I found that and, you know, there would be couples that would say like, you know, uh, we saw you in this video and it's posted here, you know, it was just like, Oh, so people like this. And that was really it. It was just, you know, like talking to a few of the, of the couples that I know that do this and, um, going about it in the way of how do you set it up? How do you market it? Um, how do you really make the most out of it? And that's been the most interesting part is like, cause it's not just, for me and what I post, it's not just so much the physical action, what you see on camera. It's more, um, it's also the storylines that go along with it. And I found that a lot of the subscribers like to hear um, the storylines. So um, one of my recent encounters um, actually involved um, one of the sites that I'm on, a couple um, had had this fantasy and I had talked to them before, but it was in platonic terms. They live in Europe, um, about 
this fantasy for uh, this uh, this soon to be wife to have an experience with a black man. She wanted to basically be have her brain fucked out more right. more than anything else, and it just so happened that their honeymoon was in Mexico, and I suggested to the guy, you know, like I'm going to film it and I'm going to you know, probably post it somewhere. And if you want me to do it, it's expensive to get down there. You should cover the flight. <laughs> so, you know, because I thought he was joking. I thought right. the whole time, I thought he was, you know, like who would actually do that? Like a lot of the people online suggested and stuff like that. And I think some of the more extreme couples would go through with that, but like no one really is actually doing that. Come to find out, talked like, talked to him for a couple of days. Like he put his, put his, uh, now wife on the message and bought the flight and went down and did it. And it was, it was incredible. And like the authenticity of that story and how that actually unfolded and the storytelling of that, along with obviously the physical action, because she's incredibly gorgeous was just something that I think a lot of the subscribers gravitated towards because it was like, Oh, this is like a real experience a real first-time experience and it's something that like i can envelop myself into rather than you know some of the more professional stuff which is staged or even some of the amateur stuff that's staged so like i think the level of authenticity is there and the storytelling around the physical action which definitely gives i think my stuff a different feel than some of the other than some of the other things and like honestly all it's done um financially for me has really just allowed me to do more travel because I like to do more of this when I go different places and see different things like not just lifestyle related but like also you know to to experience different parts of the country so um, it's definitely been something that's been interesting that I've been able to be involved in but um, yeah it's, uh, it's it's been a spin on things I think for the last probably like seven or eight months that I've been doing it, I would say. So I guess it's safe to say that there's no public office in your future. <laughs> no, I, I mean, no, no, I talk, a, it's funny cause I, I used to like politics a whole lot, a whole lot more than I do now, but uh, no, that was never in the cards anyway. So hey, might as well. Yeah. I've often said that, uh, cause I mean, I've got things floating around out there. I mean, I've never taken it. Yeah. Though. Fans, right? But I know that like that would be like the fastest throwing your hat into the ring, taking your hat back yeah. out of the ring. Kind of. hey, like it would all be, like, it would all be in the same press so many, conference. So many people are doing it. You know, maybe maybe twenty years from now, it's not even a thing. Yeah, maybe this thing would, was gone that, in twenty that, years. You know, that would be nice. So before I let you get out of here, and mm-hmm. I, I am going to have you uh, mention the social media that you're on, and also your profile, so that 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 people can can uh, find you. But um. Mm-hmm. Just two quick questions, kind of mirror images of each other. What is it that you like the most about being in this lifestyle? Mm-hmm. Just a quick answer to that is I get a lot of pleasure out of seeing a woman enjoy me. Um, that's probably my biggest thing. Like I, you know, like having the conversation after the fact. I was just thinking about a situation because we're going to go see um, one of my favorite regular couples. Uh, well, just the wife actually next week and it's always like how much she enjoys it and like the reaction that she gets out of it like that's that's really what draws me to this and that selflessness that like 
being able, like, I did that. Like, I did that to you. I gave you that feeling. I gave you that reaction. That's right. pretty powerful. I mean, I, I've done some, like, other hobbies, like, in my past, and I've always liked that sensation. Like, you know, like, I was, um, you know, somewhat of an athlete at some point and, like, having a really good game, like, having – you know, the people that were on my side and my teammates be really congratulatory. That felt good for me. You right. know, like the, the experience of giving someone something has always drawn me in. And it's just a, you know, it's a weird analogy, but that's a different kind of way to do it. And that's probably more what I like out of, that's probably the most satisfying thing that, uh, that I got out of this. And what do you enjoy the least? Like, what is it that you could do without that you just have to accept comes with the territory of being in a lifestyle the least i think sometimes it can be the over aggressive husband um i've had scenarios where i've had to tell the guy to back off and i've actually had a few scenarios I actually had a couple that i told i wasn't going to see anymore because i let it go for a little while the, the husband would set up the meets and his wife would just be kind of available and like ready to go and one of the things that, and, and I was like, well, you know, I know she enjoys it, but like, does she think about it? Like outside of this, like, why isn't she on any kind of communication beforehand? And he just goes, oh, well, she's not into that. She doesn't do that. And I'm like, so it's basically just, I just show up and do it. And that's it. And he's like, yeah. So I let it go for like a couple of times and then had the conversation with him again. And I was like, you know what, this isn't for me. Cause I feel like, you know, when I would get there, he would direct things a lot and oh, like yeah. not talking to her. I have no idea what her perspective of this is. And ultimately it's supposed to be for her. And I feel like obviously she enjoyed it, but like it was definitely more for him. Yeah. And that's not my, not my jam at all. So it's, I, kind of I makes me wonder if, we, if we've bumped heads with the same couple, cause I had an experience like that. It's like, yeah, it's like hardly any kind of feedback from her. I mean, aside from yeah. the, you know, the moans and groans when you're actually in mm -hmm. the act. But as far yeah. as like any kind of conversation, it was 95% him, 5% her. You yeah. Know, any and that's... kind of phone contact, text messaging was mm -hmm. all him. Like no, mm -hmm. like, like I've, I've dealt with wives where in the moment, everything like they're talking and, you know, you're getting constant feedback from them. But when they go back home, you know, they, they shift back into, you know, wife, mother, career woman mode. And I totally right. understand that, you know, but when you're with them, they're fully engaged. You know, mm -hmm. it sounds like you're kind of talking about a similar situation I had where even when you're with them, there's a disconnect. Like everything is coming. Yeah. From and it's like, yeah. like you said earlier, like I understand that this is transactional, but I don't need to sign the, the you know, the delivery form when I walk in the room. Like it doesn't need to be that much in my face that it's transactional, <laughs> you know, like give me yeah. the illusion at least give me yeah. the illusion that we actually get along with each other. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think, I think there is a market for guys that are like that. And then again, going back to our early conversation about finding what you like, you know, there are definitely some guys who are into that, just show up, do it, leave, maybe never talk again type of thing. Right. And that's, that probably would have appealed to me at some point during this, but no longer does it. And understanding that about myself has been pretty valuable. But yeah, I mean, I think that out of this whole lifestyle, I would think that, you know, there's an understanding that this is, um, it is hot wife driven. And when a couple seems to not have that 
sentiment or understandings, you know, it really throws off the, the dynamics to the point where, you know, I just don't enjoy it. Uh, I don't know if I ever did, but um, I certainly don't now. So, yeah. All right. Well, before I let you get out of here, why don't you let my listeners know what kind of, I'll kind of go down uh, the line for you. Um, SLS and SDC, are you on either or both? Both. Okay. Do you have the same ID for both? Yes. Okay. What is that? So, so that ID is uh, A7 and then Hopson H-O-P-S-O-N. So uh, pretty active on both of those, and that's that's my name there. Okay, and there are no underscores or backslashes or anything, no. just A7-H-O-P-S-O-N. Mm-hmm. Okay, now obviously we talked about Twitter. I know you're on Twitter. How can people find you on Twitter? Um, the same, uh, but with another number. So it's A27, and then Hobson H-O-P-S-O-N. So um, I'm somewhat active up there. I post something probably every other day, uh, check it here and there. So, yeah. Okay. And they can connect to your only fans through your Twitter page, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. There should be, there's plenty of video clips and there will be links, I think attached to each one of the, uh, one of the tweets that has, that has a clip. All right. Well, that's what's up, man. Well, look, like I said, man, I've been, I've been wanting to have you, you know what I mean? On the show for a minute. I mean, we've, I've always been able to have real cool conversations with you. I mean, always enjoyed your company. You always enjoyed it when you were able to come out to a party. So it, it's been a real treat for me to actually have you a part of, of what I'm building with this show. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll be the first to admit I've only had a small number of guys as guests on my show. And that's because the bar, I set the bar really high for the bulls that I interview because mm-hmm. I understand that, not that you need it, but, you know, shortly after this episode comes out, people are going to be contacting you like, hey, we heard you on the podcast, you know, right. like, like that's going to happen. And I don't want to give, I don't want to shine that kind of light on guys who I feel don't exemplify what I feel like the lifestyle, what being a bull should be about. You know, yeah. that's, that's my and own opinion. That's my own opinion. But the way I look at it, it's my show. No different than you go to the playground. Hey, the guy that has sure. the ball makes the rules. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, it's, it's my basketball. So, mm-hmm. you know, so, but I, I enjoy it when I feel like I'm shining that light on guys who deserve that light because I want the guys who are just getting into this to hear from those guys and to hear, oh, these are things that I can implement into the way I maneuver you know, in this lifestyle as opposed to emulating the behavior of the guys who aren't successful. So my message to anybody listening is any guy that I have on my show is a successful bull. He's the cream of the crop, you know. So if you want to follow him, if you want to, you know, listen to things that he says and kind of follow his example, it's not going to steer you wrong. You know, so and I appreciate that. And I, I think that you you're in the same camp. I mean, putting on this podcast is um, obviously some people would take this as something that, you know, it's it's a bit I could see how someone would interpret this as voyeuristic, but I think it's educational. I think that there is something to be learned from these conversations. I've I've listened to a few of them with some people that I know where I didn't know certain things about them or how they viewed certain things. And I think 
there's an educational aspect and to, you know, to a large degree, Mike, you're doing some really great informative work out there that, uh, is helping continue to educate people in the lifestyle about, about this particular, you know, sub segment of it. Right. Well, thanks, man. It's, 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 it's definitely appreciated. I'm saying I appreciate you taking time out of your day to kind of come on and wrap with me. I know it's the middle of the afternoon. It's a work day. So I definitely uh, appreciate it. And to all my listeners, thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I've enjoyed putting it on for you. Again, to all my Patreon supporters, you know how I feel about you. If it wasn't for you guys, you know, I, I wouldn't be able to do this. So thank you to all of you. I know I think you are a Patreon supporter as well, right? Yes. Okay, well, thank you. Let me thank you personally, uh, <laughs> you know, for that. You know, it's it's definitely appreciated because it's people like you that that make it possible for me to do what I do. And as I always say, if you're not a Patreon supporter yet, maybe this episode will be the one that will convince you to become one. Um, so with that being said, I want to thank everybody. This has been another episode of the Keys and Anklets podcast, my special China Shop uh, edition. I'm your host, Michael C., signing off. I'll see you when I see you.